0: excited to bring in our next guest and I'm sure he's excited as he is going to be reuniting with team 3d impact 1000 anniversary episode it is going to be taping on Saturday if you happen to be in New York make sure you check out those tickets and check out impact 1000 we welcome in Devon Devon we really appreciate the time and what does it mean to you to be able to reunite with bully Ray and be on a card and wrestle for the first time in seven years
1: Well, again, it's been seven years. You know, it's no secret to a lot of people that I had a couple of health issues. You know, I had my back surgery, uh, which I guess over the years, doing everything I've done, I think a lot of it had to contribute to ECW, uh, where my my disc just said, "Eff it, we're done. Either you fix me or you're not walking." So I had to get it fixed. Uh, I had L four, L five, and then when they cut me open, they saw S one was collapsing. So they had to go in there, and fuse all of that. So I didn't think I would ever be able to wrestle again. Then when I got cleared, I was like, okay, here we go. And I was pretty excited, but I never thought I'd be getting back into the ring with Bubba um, on this level again. I just thought maybe it'd be independent shows or what have you. So when I found out that I was gonna be on the 1000 episode, I went down to my wrestling school and I just started bumping around and testing it out. At first, it was scary because I hadn't taken a bump in seven years, so it was kind of like taking a bump for the first time, like when I did, you know, when I first started my career. So I ain't gonna lie, it was probably the scariest uh, part of my life
2: ever. Well, Devon, because you're feeling better, uh, I'm thinking it's time for another singles run. Just be a ground and pound dude. That's all. That's that's what Lo Brown does, man. When I do indie shots now. I'm a ground and pounder. I don't do that high fly stuff. So nah. another
1: listen, I don't do the high, I don't do the high flying stuff either, except for the what's up. But I don't even do that no more. But I can tell you what, singles, because eh. when I get tired, I want to tag out. It's <laughs> <laughs> a veteran move tag, right there. <laughs> I can tag out if, if no one's only out there for me to tag. So <laughs> no, I'll let D-Lo be D-Lo and let let him do singles. I'm good. Wrestle
0: smarter, not harder. That's right. Not harder. Exactly. The ECW stuff, the WWF stuff, that's going to get the headlines when it comes to your career. But what did the impact run mean to you
1: personally? Well, it meant a lot of things. Number one, uh, the single run that I had, winning my first uh, singles title, the television title. And, uh, you know, going down is, I guess, one of the greatest television titles uh, in the history of this business. Uh, in TNA, I should say, uh, and holding it out. I guess they said I was the greatest television champion of all time uh, in TNA, which was great. I love that honor, Uh, but it made me feel good. And then not to mention the whole thing with the aces and eights was great. I had such a great time. I knew nothing about the biker's life. and I remember when Bischoff told me that he wanted me to come back um, to TNA because I had left. And he says, we want to put you with aces and eights. And I remember knowing a little bit about what they were doing because I was still there when it first started. And then he goes, have you ever watched Sons of Anarchy? And I said, no, not really. I said, I really don't care for it. He goes, well, go watch it and try to you know, get to know what bikers do. I think that's as close as you're going to get to a TV show that's going to be real life uh, about bikers. And sure enough, I fell in love with the show. Uh, I've watched every season over and over again, got to really know what the club life was, the old ladies, <laughs> the whole nine. I remember telling Bishop, I said, listen, I don't ride a motorcycle. I'm number one, I'm scared to death. But if you want, have everybody else come in in a motorcycle in a Harley, I'll come in with a moped. <laughs> <We had> a- <laughs> he started laughing. He goes, Devon, we can't do that. I was like, well, just think about the, the funny reaction that how comical that would be. I'm riding in a little putt putt. Meanwhile, they're riding with these, you know, big ass machines. And I'm coming in there, like I said, with a putt putt. And he was like, Devon, we'll think about it. It never happened. But I think me actually being able to do promos um, by myself, uh, actually leading uh, Aces and Aids for a little bit, uh, that really uh, gave me a boost of confidence. And everything because the 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 singles run that i had in wwe i thought it was great with the reverend devon gimmick i thought it went fantastic but there were certain powers to be within the company uh that basically stopped it and i've always said this if you can get vince at the right time and change his mind it'll be changed i don't care how powerful that man thinks he is i've seen it personally where somebody he he's been dead set on something someone came in and changed his mind and it was over and i felt that's what happened with me because i always said if the reverend devon gimmick did not work then triple h would have never laid down for me on smackdown the man not only did he lay down but the man gave me 50 50 of the match if he didn't believe in that gimmick he would have never done that not to mention i'm hitting promos um with vince the first time out the people were reacting the whole nine so It was definitely somebody in Vince's ear that stopped it, which is fine, okay, because TNA gave me the singles run with the aces and eights and the television title, and I I had a blast with it, and I loved every bit of it.
0: When you take a look at you mentioned ECW uh, not that long ago, ECW still has an influence in today, and you see some of those other ECW guys. You know, uh, Rob Van Dam showing up on television not that long ago, even seeing the FTW championship on television. Just seeing the influence that ECW still has on wrestling today. What do you think
1: of that? I think it's I think it's great. Was it 30 years ago? You know that you know ECW was actually something in the wrestling business and for us to still have an effect on this new generation, I think it's great. I think, you know, when I do autograph signings and things like that, even when I was in WWE, a lot of people were very, very, um, how do I say, they were extremely happy that they were able to watch ECW and see some of the things that we did in that company. Some people were disappointed because they didn't have the chance to see it. And by the time they got videotapes and things like that, it was like four months into the shows already. <laughs> they were a little disappointed with that, but for those that were able to watch it and be there, it was something magical. I think it was best said in one of the slogans, politically incorrect and damn proud of it. We were damn proud of what we were doing. It might not have been what you should have done in pro wrestling, but we were like Nirvana. Nevada came in and blew out everything when they first hit the scene, Uh, grunge, I hated grunge. I was more of a metalhead. I was a huge Iron Maiden fan. I loved Dio Megadeth, all of that growing up as a kid. And then all of a sudden, here comes Nevada with, you know, was it team spirit? I I freaking hated it. (laughs) You know, it was gloomy. It was uh, that Seattle type of um, uh, demeanor, I hated it. So to me, we were like them, we came in and destroyed everything there was uh, about pro wrestling and started a new era you know because no one can deny that ecw did not have an effect or help start the attitude Era, because things that they were doing during that time they
2: basically got from ecw Yvonne how much has it surprised you that impact wrestling's still going because it's been so up and down they've had all the stars they have a youth movement going now what are your thoughts on impact wrestling and its longevity
1: I think it's great. I think the the new, um, as we say, office had to come in and change things. The old office wasn't working. And even when the old office was in effect, um, I don't want to say any names. But even though it was in effect, you know, to let other people influence your decision on how the company should be run when you were doing a great job without them, proved that it was going it was going downhill you should have left it the way it was don't mess with it and there would have never been a break in tna i always thought and i think when we left tna we thought tna was over I had no idea that it was going to resurge and come back again but i was damn proud to hear them come back because we all know that we cannot let vince mcmahon have the monopoly because if he did we are all in trouble you know <laughs> thank companies like ec dub um sorry um uh, AEW, and of course, um, TNA, uh, you know, Impact just still going strong, and I love it, you know, regardless, they were still going along, they were still trucking, and, you know, regardless of how many nails were probably put in the coffin, they busted that thing wide open and said, we're not going anywhere, we're staying right here, and I was very happy to see that, um, especially after I had retired from the ring, and was a producer backstage for WWE. I was shocked to find out they were still in existence, but I was happy at the same time because it was a great place to work, it really was. The talent was great, we were on a roll, we were doing so well, but again, like I said, it was the office, uh, that, that the powers to be behind the scene during that time was what messed everything up. And now this new regime that came in and took over TNA Impact, I'm very happy uh, and it seems like it's going great. I think they're learning from the mistakes of the past. And that's the thing you cannot repeat the past because if you do, the same results that happened before will happen again. And I think TNA is doing a fantastic job in not repeating the past.
0: As those non WWE companies, the impact, the AEWs of the world try to do their thing to be an alternative. What can they learn from your ECW days? What can they learn from that company and say, hey, this is something we can do to be successful long-term?
1: Well, listen to the veterans, number one, uh, because the veterans, the reason why they're veterans is because they had been somewhere before, we, you know, we had even gotten there. We were, you know, we were listening to guys like Ravishing Rick Rude, Bam Bam Bigelow, Shane Douglas, who had been to WCW and WWE, you know, Tommy Wildfire Rich, Uh, You know, uh, Tommy Rogers, Tracy Smothers, you know, the late great Tracy Smothers, good God, with all that talent from the past coming in and helping us out, we were listening. We were hungry. We wanted it. When no one else gave us, us a shot, Paul Heyman and ECW did. And those veterans came in and knew it. They helped us out. We were at the building, say, two hours prior to doors opening, and we were getting dressed, getting in the ring and working out. You know, the day of the show we're working out with the veterans, the veterans are teaching us what to do and what not to do. And it just shows that we were listening because look how successful ECW was not to mention, you're still talking about it 30 years later, how many wrestling companies 30, 40 years ago can still say they have a positive influence on what's going on today in this new generation
0: with what you guys did and Edge and Christian and Hardy Boys in WWE and the way it impacted tag team wrestling. How proud are you of that legacy? Because you still see, I mean, the Usos have, I mean, it's the 3D, but they call it the 1D on Monday Night Raw. You have Riddle slapping Drew McIntyre saying, get the tables. How, How do you feel about the everlasting impact you guys have had on tag team wrestling?
1: Well, look, paying tribute is great. I love it. It keeps us relevant and it keeps people talking about us. You know when when the usos hit 3d it was great i was sitting in my bed because i was home recovering from the back surgery and i remember when they hit it i, I kind of sat up i was like yes and i was like oh my god my back <laughs> I forgot. and i remember calling them and telling them i said great job man it looked great i loved it because they came to me prior to that and asked me would it be okay if they use 3d i was like you don't have to ask us i was like you know, it's not like we copyrighted the move and we, you know, no one else can do it. We're not Taz, we're not going to sit up there and, you know, when you put your, when you put Taz's finish on, he goes, brother, what the hell, you're using my finish, you know, or, you know, why are you wearing orange and black? Man, look, if you guys want to do that, go ahead and do it, but just let me tell you how to do it the right way, because so many people have tried to do 3D and messed up or nearly almost killed the guy, you know, if you want longevity, let me show you how to do it right, and they did, they listened and everything so it was really cool to see that and it just made me proud as an individual that this young generation um the usos actually wanted to use it you know and make it relevant again because bubba and i wasn't doing it because we were done you know i had retired he was still going but he's not gonna do 3d with nobody else wink wink but (laughs) you know um you know i was very honored that he did do it you know i was very happy and um that they did it and um, I was very proud of them. Just like I'm very proud of what their work today. Uh, I wish that we could have, when we were there in WWE, when we came back on our second run, I wish the Usos of today would have been the Usos back then because man, that could have been some magic right there. But they were young, they were growing, we helped them. And now look at them i mean they're freaking doing phenomenal i'm loving the storylines there actually i'm loving professional wrestling period nowadays everybody's doing great aew eighty thousand people tna impact still going strong still you know being watched by the fans fans are still talking about them you know wwe with the bloodline with their female wrestlers as well just hitting a home run every time they go to back so professional wrestling is on a high right now and i'm very very happy To still be a part of it and to be able to showcase that maybe at the end of our match with Team 3D, when we're um, with Team 3D again, maybe they'll be chanting, You still got it. (laughs) You know, we'll see.
2: (laughs) We'll see. For our ESPN New York uh, viewers and listeners, Impact 1000 is going to be taped on September 9th in White White Plains, New York. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.com. Of course, you can watch uh, Impact Wrestling on Access TV. And be able to watch it Thursday, uh, September 14th. So many is gonna be in appearing, including our guest, uh, Devon. Devon, you know, compared to um where you started, how much has the African American wrestler really grown in this era?
1: I mean, it's grown a lot, believe it or not. And I remember when I first broke into the business in 91, you have to understand racism was still alive and well. Just like I feel like racism is still alive and well today. Um I like to say what Malcolm X used to say, a lot of the men traded in their white sheets for suits, (laughs) you know, walking around and doing what they're doing. Um, And it's still relevant, you know, in the wrestling business it is, but we have come a long way since then. And, you know, it's gonna be hard to stop us, you know, from doing what we love to do. You know, we watched this sport, we loved it. We wanna be a part of it. And we're coming in there and we're doing exactly not what we want to do it in a disrespectful way but doing what we want to do to 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 pay homage to those who have come before us that we've watched and idolized for so long um i'm just very proud like you know sometimes i speak to guys like coco beware uh when bad news brown um was alive uh we talked in the locker room anytime we went to canada you know he pulled me aside and gave me some you know, tips on how to survive as an African American, you know, in this business. Something that Tony Atlas said, and I don't want to get too much on this, but something he said during the junkyard dog uh, uh, behind the dog, what is it, the dark side of the <laughs> ring, yeah. uh, was that, you know, a black man in his business has to understand that we can't do what the white man do and expect to get away with it, you know, because again, you still have racism that is very, very, prominent in this business. And if you give them enough rope, if they give you enough rope to hang yourself, and if you hang yourself, then there's nothing you can do about it. You know, you've never heard about me being in no um, controversy, drugs or anything like that. I've kept my nose clean for 30 years in this business. Don't get me wrong. I've done things, you know, before cameras came about, (laughs) you know, but totally, totally. um, You know, I've never been in trouble with the law, never done anything, never given them a reason to want to uh, mess with me in any type of way. You know, whenever I disagreed with something within the business, I always had a plan B just in case I didn't like plan A. I couldn't just go to them and say, listen, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. But I always said, listen, I don't feel comfortable, but here's what I think we can do. Sometimes it worked and sometimes we didn't. I went in there with a smile on my face and did it, even if they told me, no, I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And that was fine. But I do understand that, again, you know, We have come a long way since when I broke into the business in 91, because I remember coming into certain locker rooms and there were certain people, uh, that didn't care about if it got out, how they were treating you. You know, um, there was a prominent figure, uh, in WWE, I should say he was office that basically told me he didn't like me because I was black two occasions. He told me Bubba was there. On one of them, and Bubba was there on the second one, along with Paul Heyman, and uh, Tommy Dreamer and Spike. And to this day, I have no no respect, nor do I like this individual. I'm not going to go and put him on blast right now, but I don't I don't care for him, so I just stay away from him. You know, I just know that, you know, um, we have come a long way. I'm not going to sit here and you know cry over something that might have happened, you know, ten years ago. I just move on and make the best of it. Look at my career. I have nothing to be sad about. I have nothing to have any remorse about. Bubba and I have become the greatest tag team. I'm not going to say of all time. I'm going to say of our era. We're the greatest tag team of our era because that's very disrespectful to say you're the greatest tag team of all time in my book when you've had you know, tag teams like the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express, Telly and On uh dr death steve williams and terry bam bam gordon the british bulldogs the heart foundation i mean this goes on and on there was so m- and the L- LOD, the road Warriors. there were so many tag teams before us and you know again i don't think we're greater than them but i do think during the attitude era and the time we were there in ecw and so forth and so on that we were the greatest tag team of our era
0: you have that hall of fame career in the ring what was something, though, during your backstage career that you had a hand in that you're most proud of, whether it be a match, a segment development? What's something that fans might know was, you know, part of your brain trust, basically?
1: Well, basically, and I, and again, I'm not going to take all the credit for this sure. one, but in terms of the Usos in the New Day, you know, I had all of their matches in the very beginning, you know, of my career. So I was very happy uh, to play an institute part in that. And to give my advice and to help those guys out, I mean, it was it was great to work with those guys. It really was the knowledge that you know I was trying, I was giving them. They accepted it with open arms, used it, and made it work. You know, so I was very happy with that. But the one thing I can take full credit for, except for the physicality of it, was a twenty four seven title. You know, with um, uh, Reggie, you know, jumping and doing all of that with Tazawa and Truth, Every, just about. Right before my back surgery, uh, just about every one of those segments were mine. Mm-hmm. Vince gave me full blanche. He goes, Devon, um, do what you want to do. I trust you. And I was like, all right, cool. And, you know, the whole thing, they they I, I forgot how, how it went down. Excuse me. They, um, they didn't want him to come in and use a trampoline like Kalisto. <laughs> and I we, were going, we were by ringside. And I was like, how the hell are you going to get in this ring? I mean, he's very athletic and, you know, he worked for Circus Olay for so many years before he came into WWE. So he knew certain things, but he's like, Diva, I don't think I can do it. So I went back to the office. I said, "Okay, (laughs) please, please let us use the trampoline. I'm telling you, it's going to work. He trusted me. We used it and we had been using it from that point on. It was great. You know I loved it. It was one of the, my highest moments where I can say as a producer I can take full credit because Vince let me have my use my creative juices on that. And then after I left that's when I think it went downhill. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man Devon, i i can't say enough thank you so much we certainly appreciate the insights and you know best of luck coming up on saturday if you're in new york west uh yeah check it out impact white plains uh and impact 1000
1: yes absolutely white plains new york you know i grew up in new rochelle even though i'm from brooklyn new york i spent a little time in new rochelle new york which is like 30 minutes away from white plains so it's like a of a homecoming for me and i'm very excited for the 1000 episode of uh, tna impact i mean so many great faces and i'm going to see that i haven't seen in a long time awesome kong um america's most wanted gail kim uh you know so many so many guys d brown uh shark boy who i owe an ass kicking to after <laughs> what he did in that in that fish market street fight um <laughs> uh, god it's so many beer money I mean, it's gonna, I believe Bimmer is gonna be there if I'm not mistaken, but I, I'm so happy um, that I'm gonna be reunited with some of these guys. And of course the beautiful people, you can't forget them because I mean, Velvet Sky and, uh, oh God, Velvet Sky and uh, Angelina Love. Don't tell her I did that. Uh, you know, let it out, it's
0: fine. And that, uh, yeah.
1: You know, uh, I mean, just beautiful and great people. I loved working with them back then. It's gonna be an honor to be able uh to reconnect with those guys again and there is a fan fest uh that's going to be happening as well saturday um that earlier that day from if i'm not mistaken i'm looking from 9 to 11. uh so i'm excited about that i'm excited about meeting the tna fans and uh impact fans i should say and it's going to be happening again so i can't wait and if like i always said if you thought chapter one was great where do you get a load of chapter two me and bubba gonna tear it up
0: no doubt about it appreciate it best of luck to you and team 3d coming up on saturday
2: in new york
1: yes sir thank you testify